Exodus chapter 13. I'm just going to read three verses, the first of three verses. Exodus 13, beginning to read at verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Sanctify unto me all the firstborn, whatsoever openeth the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and of beast. Notice it is mine. And Moses said unto the people, Remember this day in which ye came out from Egypt, out from the house of bondage, for by... For by strength of hand the Lord brought you out from this place. There shall be no leavened bread be eaten. And this day came ye out in the month of Abel. Let's just bow in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I just ask you to, Lord, speak to all of our hearts this morning, including this man. Strengthen us, Lord, and help us to take in what you're saying. Believe this is the This is a crisis moment in some people's walk with you. I believe this is a crisis moment even for people that are watching live and will watch later. Believe, Lord, this is a crisis point, a crossroads where men and women must decide which way they will go to serve the Lord or to walk away from that which he's called them on to. We pray, Father, you'll speak to all of our hearts and into our lives. And glorify the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless your people, those who are ill, those, Lord, we've been praying for all week. We pray, Lord, that you would continue to minister to them. And, Lord, that you would let your presence be known with them this morning. For Jesus' sake we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, last week we looked at part one of Remember Me. Remember me, isn't it great? We looked at when, uh, and people say, you just opened your heart and, and you were just down to earth. Well, I hope I can be that because what I say to you this morning, I've already rehearsed this with me many times. Many, many times. I've went over it and over it. And remember me, it's always good when we say, Lord, remember me. And to know, remember, sometimes we say remember and we think about him remembering us and we pray about it but we don't believe it all the time because we don't take the word into our spirit into our heart for example we looked last week at even whenever the dying thief as is coming up to the end of last week in Luke 23 verse 42 the dying thief crucified on one side of the Lord Jesus says Lord rememberst thou me when thou comest into thy kingdom He wanted to be remembered as he would be launched out into eternity. Here's a man who, even in his very death, hanging on a cross, even with that that enlightenment and quickening of the Spirit enables him to behold the Lamb beside him and to be able to cry out and say, Lord, remember me. And what he was saying is, you're Lord, you're God, you're King, you have a kingdom, would you remember me? And of course the Lord said he would. We looked at that last week and how right at that moment did, did that man realize everything in theology? I don't think so. But what he knew was, was Jesus was the Savior. And that was enough to take him into the kingdom. 
He hadn't all the T's crossed and the I's dotted and every jot and tittle of the Old Testament uh, marked and scored out. But what he had was he had a quickening of the Holy Spirit in his heart. He realized Jesus was a savior. He was a sinner and Christ was the only savior for him. And even at that moment, he was forgiven to be brought into the kingdom. I believe in deathbed repentance. Have we talked about it last week? I've been in many. I've held hands while, while saved people, well saved and uh, long term saved and a good testimony behind them and they've been launched out into eternity. They've closed their eyes and fell asleep in Jesus and, and I have been beside many like that holding their hands to comfort them, praying with them as they took their last breath. Many, many of them. Some family and some uh, congregation and others I haven't even known. I've been there while one's laid on the floor taking his last breath and I'm called in the middle of the night and, and there he was with ambulances running around to try and help him. I went in to the, to the British Legion in Donna Cloney. I got the door wrapped one night. Would you come and see such and such as fell off the bar stool full of whiskey drunk and launched out into eternity without Christ? Down beside him to try to see if his hearing could hear that he would call on the Lord and I don't know. I don't know. To me, he went out into eternity without Christ. I've been there where people have died not knowing Christ and they've been in horrors and torments. Fear has gripped their heart. And I've been to a family member who was a renegade all his day, just a couple of years ago, or a few years ago. And there he was lying there dying. No one told us because they didn't want me to come up. To talk about Christ. Um, and there he was lying. Dying in his bed. And they wouldn't let me speak to him. And I phoned a group that were praying. Who I knew he were praying. And they prayed half the night for him. And I got a phone call in the middle of the night. From the family member who told me to get lost. Can you please come up? He says he's petrified. And I went up and I pointed him to Christ. And he slipped out into eternity in peace. I've seen it when God remembers us. Even the deathbed repentance. Good to have a testimony. I've seen the difference to leave behind. I believe in the deathbed repentance that God is more merciful than any of us. I believe it. But what a way to face Christ that you've wasted your life. Wasted it all. On the world and the flesh and the devil. And at the last minute, you've given them, as it were, the fag end butt of the sinful life. Yet in his mercy, in his great love, and in his grace, he takes the repentant sinner at the last moment that he may bring him, bring her unto himself. What a saviour. What a saviour. Notice here in our reading, we're going to look at remember. What about when the Lord says, remember me? You say, remember me, Lord. What about when the Lord tells you and I to remember him? It says here in Exodus chapter 1 to 3, first of all, the Lord spake unto Moses saying, notice what it says, verse 2, sanctify unto me all the firstborn, whatsoever openeth the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and of beast. It is mine. Israel 
have been, or will be, but have been saved, redeemed through the blood of the Lamb. And the Lord says to put the blood on the doorpost and the door lintels of the home. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. I think we should know that by now. But notice here in this, first of all, the Lord says, Sanctify unto me all the firstborn. Sanctify unto me all the firstborn. Here's a remembrance for what God has done. In other words, here we we find that, that sanctification shows mercy. God has shown us mercy. What do I mean by mercy? Well, we talk about grace last week and we talk about mercy. Grace is to receive that which you do not deserve. To receive that which you do not deserve. Mercy can be termed when we do not receive that which we do deserve. We deserve judgment. We deserve punishment. We deserve to be lost and separated from God forever. We deserve his wrath. We deserve a lake of fire. We deserve that hell. But we didn't get that. That's mercy. We got forgiven, cleansed. We're washed by faith in the blood of Jesus. That's the difference. That's mercy. And the reason here, because first two, two shows and brings us to remembrance of mercy. Israel were in Egypt. And when, I don't know about you, if you're flying somewhere on holiday and you look out the window, you know, there's, there's no borderlines really that tells you, here's such and such an area and here's another part of an area. It just all looks the same, doesn't it? Until you find houses and greenery, that's the only difference you can tell. And it's the same whenever the Lord is looking, you know, he's looking at Egypt and yes, he knows where Goshen is, where Israel were, but he looks and he sees that mass of humanity and he says, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. And the blood was a, it shall be a token for you, it says, and the, the word token means like a flag or a beacon. Uh, if you go down to Belfast, who the, the great cranes are, uh, to uh, Samson and Goliath, you'll see right at the top of them, there's a red flashing light. And the red flashing light is simply because it's almost at Belfast City Airport. And I wouldn't like to be a plane trying to guide my way in there if, with two big cranes in the middle of it if you're trying to fly down towards the airport. Let's them know. Here is the beacon. Here is the light. And that's the same idea for the blood. God says, when I see the blood, and the idea is that we received that which we do not deserve, which was grace. But also when we look at what God has brought us from, what God has saved us from, when we look at the world that we were in, and many of us grew up even in church, but what he kept you from, that's mercy. That's mercy. And we won't receive that which we deserve. We won't receive the great white throne judgment. We won't receive uh, hell. We won't receive a, a lake of fire. We won't receive the wrath of God because it was all poured out upon the Son of God. And we believe in his blood. And those outside of that who are not, God looks and he looks for the blood. He's not looking to see Ken or, or, or Aaron or, or, or Tracy. Or, 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 you know, he's not looking to see Louise or Billy. Or, he's looking for the blood. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanseth us from all sin. Here, when it says here in verse 2, 
Sanctify unto me all the firstborn, whatsoever openeth the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, it is mine. What God is saying, I want you, every time there's the firstborn, sanctify it unto me. But why, Lord? Well, it's simple. Because the firstborn were slain in Egypt. The firstborn were slain in Egypt that weren't under the blood. And do you know what they would remember every time a, a, an Israelite woman had a, a firstborn son or a firstborn child? Do you know what she would remember? She'd remember that they'd receive mercy. They weren't under the judgment and they weren't under the punishment. They weren't under the wrath that the Egyptians came under who weren't under the blood. But the, the, that, that shows the mercy. God could have looked down and said, you're all sinners, which they all were. You're all away from me. There's none here. There's none that doeth good. No, not one. There's none that seeketh after God. There's not one. And he could have just wiped everyone out. He wiped the whole planet out. And God would be justified in doing so. But he shows mercy. What does he want you to remember this morning? Church, he wants you to remember he's merciful. He's merciful. That he doesn't give us that which we deserve. And thankfully, thankfully, some prayers he doesn't answer for us in the way we want it answered, but answers it in his own way. And that's mercy. Because if he gave us that, we would be going to our own designated destination, which we'd probably lead to our demise and doom. But rather in his mercy, he keeps things from us for our betterment for our enablement. And so when he says, sanctify the firstborn off to me, he's saying, I want you to remember this. What happened in Egypt with the firstborn, they were, didn't find mercy. And we need to pause a minute. I'm going, I say in this series, I'm going to take my time because you could rush through it and miss a lot of stuff here. Sanctify me, your firstborn. You know what that is? I want you to be glad and rejoice in who you are. I want you to be glad and rejoice in who I am, he says. I want you to be glad and rejoice in what you have received. I want you to be glad. I want you to remember that I have been merciful to you. That I am a merciful God to my own. So can you see how he's saying this? Separate, sanctify your firstborn, whether it's in man or woman, whether it's beast or whatever else he says. Notice what he says at the end of the verse. It is mine. I wonder when we remember God. I was thinking about this early this morning. This was about 6.37 this morning. And I was just going over it about people and their memories. Some people have short memories. Some people have memories like an elephant. And they never forget. But they never forget your bad traits, you know. But they tend to forget the good ones. The things that you do for them. You know, you know the people that you've really reached out to and you've helped them and you've tried your best with them and you know, you've been there at times and maybe you've, uh, I'll speak about myself, you may be sitting at hospital beds for hours on end or maybe their families come and they have come to saving faith in Christ through the ministry and you've been there trying to minister to them and you've been praying with them and you've been loving them through hard times and you've maybe 
dedicated children and you've maybe uh, uh, baptized them in water and you've maybe seen them going on in God and, and you've, you've been there for so much for so long and so many things have happened. I've even been with parents and, and, and their children have been healed of diseases, illnesses. I've sat with them crying with me in tears because of the way it, it, it's... it's the way it's dealing with their children and them trying to deal with their children, what they're going through and their everyday living, and you're you're pouring yourself out into them. You're trying to be good to them, you're trying to help them, and all of a sudden you say one thing wrong, do one thing wrong, and one night you're one night you're the hero, by the next morning you're the zero. Isn't that true? Isn't that people? What about the goodness of God to us? And how we treat him. How we do not remember God. Firstborn, Jesus says in Revelation chapter 3 to the church of Ephesus, mentions all the works they're doing. He says, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. Lord, what would that be? Because thou hast left thy first love first love. Do you remember brother, sister, the, the fire the heart of love you had for Christ? Do you remember the times when you get up and you couldn't wait to get into the word? Do you remember the times when you, you couldn't wait to get to your meetings? Remember the midweek meeting that you, you couldn't do without? Now you couldn't caress? Remembering the things of God. Remembering those things is remembering God. Remember that passion he says, you've stopped loving me the way you did at the start. That's what it means. Notice he says, sanctify me the firstborn. And here it's showing the mercy of God where those who weren't under the blood, in other words the Egyptians... They lost their firstborn. The hounds going through that night. That midnight cry there was dreadful. And then there's a joy of release. Redemption. Do you remember when you were first saved? Do you remember when you were first saved? You, you didn't know much, but you knew you were saved. Do you know when you were first saved and you know, you just, I remember when I was first saved, I wasn't growing up in a, in a Christian home, and I remember all I thought was, I've got to get a Bible. And I went to, I went to the Faith Mission bookshop, and I bought a Bible, and I'd see it, it was like a suitcase. And it was bright blue cover so everybody could see it. They seen the old drunkard going up the road all the time. The drug addict going up the road, and now I'm walking up the road to go to church with this big, massive Bible. Say the bigger the Bible, the bigger the sinner. I think that matched me. And you know what? I didn't even know I even bought an NIV. I soon got rid of it like, no, well. <laughs> Under the arm. Do you remember those days? Remember those days when the word, you, you were hanging on every word because you wanted God to speak to you? Do you remember you were afraid to miss? I remember when we were, we were in church and sometimes if you're away visiting or away doing something else or maybe someone wasn't well and you were at home and it was a very rare occasion. But I remember that whenever we were there and someone always said, oh, you missed the meeting we had. And I used to go, 
Don't believe it, you know. Don't believe it. You know why? Because I just, I was jealous for his presence. I don't want church. I don't want religion. I don't want all those sort of things. I want him. Jealous for his presence. Passionate for his power. Passionate for him. And I think sometimes in our memories, we forget the mercy of God. He should have poured his wrath on us. But instead, he gave us favor. I want to say it again to you, Christian, just to refresh your heart. He should have poured his wrath on us. But instead, he gave us favor. Grace. And so when he says sanctify, and it's the firstborn and everything. In other words, for me, it's first. That's what he says. First love. First in the life. When we get to verse 3, notice, And Moses said unto the people, Remember this day. I trust with this morning you'll remember this morning. I trust that this morning you'll remember this word. And whether you're, you go home and you're eating your dinner, you'll hear the Lord saying to you, Now remember me. I'm going to use these three lovely ladies at the front here just, just for a wee minute. That you'll hear the Lord saying, Rebecca, this morning, when you go home, you'll hear tonight, tomorrow, during the night, if you can't sleep or whatever you're doing, I know, you know, when you're at work or whatever you're doing, Rebecca, remember me. Rebecca, remember me. Rebecca, remember me. Sarah, remember me. Sarah, remember me. Don't do Rebecca again. She'll done it. And Rebecca, remember me. Rebecca has two Rebecca's, remember me. Billy, remember me. Remember me. May the Spirit of God drive us like a nail into the wood. That our hearts and our minds would be pricked this morning. That whether you're at the sink at your dinner or whether you're in your place of work it's a shop or a factory or at a school or wherever you are going down the road in your car driving a bus, a van or whatever it may be, remember me remember me I was merciful unto you I was merciful unto you and then when we get to verse 3 Remember this day in which he came out from Egypt out of the house of bondage? You know, we could speak on a national aspect. We could speak on a global aspect with the bondage of the banking system. Things like that. And the big multi-corporate industries and things. We could talk about that, but that's, we want to bring it down and zero into us this morning. And we could talk about national things with the European Union. But we want to zero it down to our personal level this morning. The spiritual level of it is, so Egypt is the world. Pharaoh is the devil. And the Lord says, I want you to remember this day which he came out from Egypt out of the house of bondage. 
Do you know you were bound by the devil? Why wasn't that bad? Every one of us were bound by the devil because we were shaping in iniquity and in sin that our mothers conceive us. And he used every part of it from Adam's genes. He used every trick in the book to keep you bound. Some of us worse than others. Some of us were bound by alcohol, some by drugs, some by other addictions, some well, sexual fornication, pornography, all of these things bound by the works of the enemy. Pharaoh had his grip. He had you bondage and enslaved in sin, just like Israel and Egypt. And what happened? They were helpless and they were hopeless and they could not rescue nor deliver their own selves. They're hopeless. Verse 3 shows us the call to remembrance of the grace of God. Mercy in verse 2. Separate the firstborn. And you remember you didn't get what you should have deserved. What you deserved. You didn't get that. While Egypt was getting it, the firstborn nerves were dying. I want you to say, this is yours, Lord. Here's our life, Lord. This is yours. Instead of the television, this is yours, Lord. This is your time. Uh, This is your uh, tenth of my life or my tithe or my whole life. Here's my first fruits and the first offerings unto you, O God. Instead of the magazine, it's the word of God. Instead of the newspaper, pick up your Bible. Instead of the TV, then go into the place of prayer. Go into the place of worship. Lord, here's the first fruits. I remember you were merciful unto me. Instead of spending everything on the things of the world. And go and spend on the kingdom of God. Grace is a dedication to those that were leaving Egypt. I want you to get this. Grace in verse 3. He says you were in bondage. For by the strength of hand the Lord brought you out from this place. Notice by the strength of hand. What hand? The hand of the Lord. The strong arm of God. Reached down and rescued us. The strong arm of God is the Lord Jesus Christ. He came down and he rescued us. He came down and he died for us. He came down and shed his blood for us. He came down to set the captive free. To break the yokes of bondage. That the chains might fall off and fetters would burn up. Just even as it seemed like Samson tied. And Delilah would say the Samson's beyond the, or the Philistines beyond the old Samson. And it was like burnt cords. He just broke them asunder. So Christ hath broken the chains of sin and bondage over the believer. Over you this morning. Over you, child of God. And the Lord says, I want you to remember that. A couple of reasons. One is, I want you to remember because the devil will come and try to make you think he still owns you. To try to make you think he has power over you. The devil will come and try and make you think that you belong to him. That he has management over you. So I want you to remember that I've set you free and the devil has no claim on you. Come on church. What do you say? Amen. Really pastor? 
Really, is that what you're telling us? No, that's what God's saying this morning. Jesus Christ hath set you free. He breaks the power of cancelled sin. He sets the prisoner free. We're all in bondage. We're all prisoners to the, to the devil and to the things of the world, to the lust of the flesh. But we can overcome through Christ who loves us. We are more than conquerors. He says, I want you to remember that because there's times you're going to be held captive and there's no chains actually holding you. There's times you're going to be held captive and there's no fetters binding you. You think there is, but there isn't. There's times you're going to be held captive and it's not going to be that the devil can hold you captive with chains or with fetters or with another yoke upon you. You know what he does? All he needs to do is twist the word of God and whisper it in your ear. And you start believing him. Brothers and sisters, the devil is a liar. Would you say amen? Amen. He's a liar. God says, I want you to remember that I came in grace. And I want you to remember my mercy. You know what he's telling you this morning? That you're his and he loves you. That you are his and he loves you. Look, even... In Hebrews 12 and 23, we're told that we're coming on to the church of the firstborn. Firstborn. What does that mean? Christ is the firstfruits. He's the firstborn. The one of the firstborn of the Father. He's the one who was raised from the dead. This is my beloved Son. You're in Him. And He is in you. And we're one in the Spirit. Notice this too. Secondly, verse 3 tells us it's not only to show the grace of God, but it's also a dedication leading untouched generation in the ways of the Lord. What do you mean? Listen, see all their wee babies coming out, their firstborns, their secondborns, their otherborns. They're leading them out under the blood. They weren't touched really by all the things of that word. That's how we should be leading our children out as they're born, leading them up in the ways of the Lord. Come on. We're under the blood as a family. We're under the blood. All my children, come on. We're in the house of God. We're under the word. You're coming to Sunday school, blah, 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 all those sort of things. Oh, you're, we've heard it all before. No, brothers and sisters, listen. If you receive the grace of God and you know it, and if you've received the mercy of God and you believe it, you need to bring your children up in the way of it. That's the idea of this. For the strength of the hand of the Lord brought you out of this place. Notice, this is what I've written. This shows the absolute inability of Israel to save them. And there was no hope for us. No hope. People think I'll be good enough. People think I'll try harder. People think, well, maybe there's a a way of religion. People think other sorts of things that, you know, especially in, I have, I have even in my own family, it's Protestant superstition. 
And this is what it tells us. It tells us, well, you know, when we all uh, pass away from this life, we're all just going to pass into the presence of God. And, and, and Granny and Uncle Bob and wee Jackie's all looking down on us and all that sort of stuff and all, you know. And, and it's all furry tale nonsense. The only ones that will be in the kingdom are those who are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, who have received that mercy and received that grace. It shows the absolute inability of Israel to save themselves. 400 years under captivity, 400 years in bondage, 400 years as slaves. Now, if they had the ability to save or redeem themselves, wouldn't you think they'd do so? Especially since they had grown to, what, two to three million people? That's more, that's more than the population of Northern Ireland. At the lowest estimation, we're what, 1.7, 1.8 million? There's even more of the children of Israel in Egypt than there is in Northern Ireland. Now, don't you think they could cause an uprising? Do you not think that they could become strong? Do you not think that they could do something to escape and to, to be able to conquer these Egyptians? But they couldn't. I believe for two reasons. One, because their mindset wasn't ready. And two, because God was the only way they could. I believe that for Ulster today. Our mindset is gone. But we know that God can still set us free and save us. Notice, for the, by the strength of thy hand, the Lord brought thee out from this place. So it shows the absolute inability of Israel to save themselves and it also shows it was a sovereign act of God. Salvation is a sovereign act of God. Well I chose Jesus and one day I heard the gospel, oh it really touched me and I chose Jesus. I know what you mean and I I know people who said and I know what they mean but I'll be honest with you, no you didn't. It was a sovereign act of God. You were dead. He quickened you, showed you your need, showed you the cross. You called for mercy by and through the Spirit of God. These people were totally and completely depraved in the sense that they had no hope of glory. But a sovereign move of God, a sovereign act of God's will brought them out with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. I'm closing. In Exodus 13 and 2, you can put there consecration. When we're set apart for God, consecration. He says, remember this day. And in verse 3, you can put salvation or redemption. And he says, remember this day. In other words, he's saying, remember me. Remember me. Brother, sister. The Lord's saying, will you remember me? Would you look at me for a minute? And this, I want to connect with you for, we're closing here. I just want to catch your spirit. God says, remember me. God says, remember me. 
God says, remember me. Now today, we'll all go and get our dinner. I'll go and get mine too. And I'll enjoy it. But every time, whether it's in a coffee shop, or whether it's in a restaurant, or whether it's at home, do you even remember him then? Or do you just lift your dinner and get stuck into it? What about all the people around me? Don't care if it's just Alice and I or Alice and I and the girls to say, Lord, thank you for this food. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the riches of your grace. Lord, bless us to us. Listen, you don't know what that food has been dedicated to, by the way. That could have been halal meat you're eating and it's been sacrificed to a heathen God. Sanctified. But even at that, you'll go today and have your dinner. Tonight you'll say, Oh, I think I'll put the feet up. I put the feet up this afternoon now. And that missed me. It's not about you being missed. It's about you wanting to worship God. He says, remember me. You know why? Because know what our next point is? I just can't get there this morning because we ran over with the worship. You know what the next point is? Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Did you hear that? Remember the Sabbath day. Ah, oh, Sabbath so sorry. Well, we'll deal with that next week. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. But I'll deal with it next week. Because God says, remember me. This is a quotation I took by Henry Smith. Listen to what he says. For God requiring the firstborn for his offering and the first fruits for his service requireth the first labors of his servants. Let me say it one more time, and that's us. For God requiring the firstborn for his offering and the first fruits for his service requireth the first labors of his servants. And God says, You want me to remember you? I've never forgotten you. But you have forgotten me. You have forgotten me. Remember me.